You are listening to Stand Out on LinkedIn, indispensable truths, tools, and tips, a show designed specifically to help you stand out. I'm Colleen McKenna, your host. I'm the author of It's Business, Not Social, and a longtime blogger, speaker, LinkedIn trainer, and coach. It's Business Not Social is our philosophy and method designed to help you stand out on LinkedIn. This podcast is for everyone looking to maximize their brand, network, career, and business initiatives. Meaning, finding a job, hiring, selling, and marketing. That pretty much includes most people. I will be talking with the experts on our Intero advisory team, outside experts whose insight I value, and sometimes it might just be me. Whatever the format, the goal is to get you closer to gaining traction and being a standout on LinkedIn. Let's dive in. Welcome to Stand Out on LinkedIn, indispensable truths, tools, and tips. I'm Colleen, your host. Stand Out on LinkedIn is brought to you by Intero Advisory, the leader in LinkedIn branding, sales, and recruiting enablement. Today, Liza and I are talking about building a LinkedIn presence for someone who has tended to maintain a lower profile and now has decided to tap into LinkedIn for hiring. In other words, a CEO, business owner, who's sort of been on LinkedIn, but not really, but has recognized that it's probably the place they should spend a little bit more time and apply more focus. First, for those of you who don't know Liza Slavin, she's one of our LinkedIn coaches and strategists. Liza works directly with our clients on building their brand, business development, and recruiting strategies. If I had to guess, Liza has probably worked with and coached more than 100 C-level clients over the last couple of years. She's probably sourced more than 70,000 LinkedIn profiles for talent and recruiting purposes. Regardless of how Liza works with her clients, she's always thinking ahead, getting creative, and testing a whole lot of strategies, messaging, and different approaches. When she's not in LinkedIn, she's deep in a book, walking her golden retriever, Quincy, or exploring her new neighborhood in Baltimore. Liza, welcome. Hi. Let's jump right in. Most important question is, and always starts a great conversation, how many books (laughs) have you read in the last year? I'm currently on book. 32 in 2021. Okay, so that's six months. So I'm guessing more than one a week? Yep, just about like one and a half to two a week. That's awesome. Okay. And by the way, she does spend a lot of time in LinkedIn. So uh, reading reading in LinkedIn, I think might be her two uh, favorite pastimes. I'm not sure. Liza, you have worked with a number of CEOs, business owners, presidents of companies who, while they have a LinkedIn profile, They really haven't used LinkedIn much or not with really great intention or precision, correct? Yep, that's correct. What do you think their biggest fear or hesitation is? I think probably the biggest fears or hesitations is that they're overwhelmed. They think that they have to do everything at once or they just don't even know where to start. Another big one I see is that they just don't think or they don't see the potential LinkedIn has for their company and their brand, or they just think that they don't have the time, that it's going to take hours and hours and hours. Um, and so that like turns it off, turns LinkedIn off from them immediately. And so how do you help them overcome that? 
I think really just talking through our strategy, why it works, what we've seen work has really helped them, you know, kind of trust our process and helps them feel like they have a partner in our, in their LinkedIn efforts, not like they have to log in every single morning and figure out exactly what to do. Um, And I think that really just, even if it's like on a weekly touch call, uh, you know, just talking through new things that we've seen on LinkedIn, reiterating how certain things that they're doing on LinkedIn can help them. um, And really just keeping, you know, starting small with the most important pieces just to get them up and running. Because once they really see the results or they they feel that momentum, it's really easy to get them to continue their LinkedIn efforts. So let's talk about does a CEO understand, always understand the value of a building a LinkedIn network? I think that that's one of the pieces that is the most important to explain to them. I don't necessarily know that right off of the bat, they understand why it's important. A lot of the time CEOs think that LinkedIn efforts are going to be you know, done in one night, kind of that magic bullet, where building your network can help you have you know, essentially a list of names, a list of people that will help you with future hires. Um, that's really the biggest piece with with the network building is not only thinking about your immediate hiring needs, but also, you know, maybe all the hires you have to do for 2021 and, and even into 2022. Um, so that that piece, not getting too hung up on, uh, you know, every single percentage, every single number, but explaining the value behind everybody who's connecting or every message that we're sending um, when we invite them to your company page, all of this multi-step approach allows you know you to really see the value overall. And one of the things that I think you and your team, your colleagues have looked at this year is really helping CEOs think more, more intentionally about the content they're sharing. Can you talk about that? Definitely. I actually just wrote a blog on this, but the content piece is really important. And I think, you know, in 2021, I I feel like it's getting more and more important. Um, And I think that it's one of the things that, again, some CEOs are kind of like, oh, sure, maybe it's important. You know, they don't really want to pay enough attention to it. But when you really explain the value of it and how it actually ties in almost every other LinkedIn effort that they may be doing at the time. Um, So not, and I know, you know, Sarah has talked about this too, but not only does it improve your brand visibility, but you don't even know the extent to which your content can be seen. If one employee comments, if one employee likes it, shares it to their network, there's no way for a CEO to know every single person that their employees are connected to. So then that gets put on, you know, a whole other audience's feed and then another audience's feed. And it just creates this ripple effect. But it also builds credibility, trust. Obviously, you're providing value within your market. And then I think a big one that people don't really realize, especially CEOs who might be in that hiring mindset, it, you know, this young generation of coming out of college, they're going to check out your company page. They want to see you know, as much as they can before they're going to apply, what your culture looks like, what your day-to-day looks like, team outings, all of that good stuff. So not only does it help with just your personal and your, your company's brand, but it really is going to impact your hiring needs down the future or down the road. 
Great. Before I even jump in, we're just going to segue. We're going we're gonna to go off tangent a little bit. You've been at Intero for three years, certainly kind of grew up in the business, no doubt. However, when you were interviewing, when you were in your last semester at Washington College, what was the process that you as a candidate, right? So people would say, hey, you, whether you would apply for your job or recruiters, I remember that final semester, lots of recruiters were reaching out to you. What was your process as a candidate on LinkedIn? Yeah. And I think being a lot more LinkedIn oriented than I think a lot of people immediately checked out the recruiter's profile, the company's profile, especially if it wasn't an internal recruiter. You know, if they were a company, I was looking for the company's page that they were hiring for. And then I would go to the company website. But I did a lot of LinkedIn you know, deep diving before I even really took it off of and explored any other platform. I think that when you're being reached out to on LinkedIn, it's only natural to, I mean, it's two clicks into somebody's company profile. It's significantly easier than them Googling your company and finding your website. So to not really pay any mind to the company page when you are going to be hiring is, is honestly just an oversight. I um, always say to people at the point that you're doing proactive recruiting, so you're seeking out somebody that you hope will respond, whether it's in an email, a connection request, a follow-up message, whatever that might be, that person is vetting you as much as you've just vetted them. Definitely, 100%. And I also think that that's why it's important to know that it's it's not necessarily that every content needs to be a two-page article, but that behind the scenes stuff, that's also what people who you want to work for you are going to want to see. The other piece about the network building for future hires is if you know they connect with you in June of 2021 um, and you fill that position and it's not with them, the easiest way for them to know you're hiring again in December 2021 is to post it on your company page um, and invite them to your company page in June when they connected with you and you realize that at this point, you actually can offer them a job, whatever it may be. Um, But inviting them to the company page is really the best way that that network that you've built for hiring purposes is going to know that in the future you're hiring again. So it's Again, I think that the content really ties in almost every other effort you have on LinkedIn, whether it's business development, hiring, or brand visibility. We have always at Intero talked about pipelining, creating funnels for talent and recruiting. It's the same as building a pipeline funnel for business development, for new business opportunities, right? I mean, we, we, we see them as really one in the same. And yet very often internal recruiters or the person in charge of handling recruiting for a particular company, really, they don't make that same kind of connection and understand. So a company who has an internal recruiter, that person's sort of always up against the the latest hiring need, right? And the requisition where our strategy is let's build a network of those people and stay in touch with them and let them stay in touch with you. And as we kind of roll this out and see how this um, works for clients, and you see it more closely than I do, what we actually see is our networks related to LinkedIn that are much more valuable for that CEO 
because everybody, you know, everybody's kind of flattered when the CEO, the business owner, the president reaches out. So what do you see in terms of the difference in response rates when it's when the CEO is reaching out versus a internal person or a third party recruiter? Mm-hmm. And just quickly want to talk about the hiring recruiter. Usually, at least in the cases that I've seen, when a CEO, business owner is reaching out to a recruiter to hire them to place a, a person, it, it's they have one immediate need. They want that position filled in two weeks. And that is the only reason they're reaching out. They've already tried, you know, all of their ways that they thought they could hire somebody. It didn't work. Now they have two weeks. They want to fill this position. At that point, it's, it's again, that silver bullet, the LinkedIn, they want LinkedIn to, you know, magically come up with a solution in, in two weeks, when in reality, we know that that's not going to be the case. So when you reach out to a recruiter to fill a position and they have two weeks, a month, whatever it may be, you're not thinking about how you're going to be in the same position in six months when you need to hire again. So I think that the network building, that approach that we've taken not only benefits you now, I I think most business owners aren't going to reach out unless they have a need, but if it helps you now and then helps you six months, 12 months, 14 months in the future, that approach already sets you up for more success than pretty much every other recruiter is is doing for you. Um, So then back to to the, you know, response off of a CEO and a recruiter, the response that I've seen based off of when, you know, reaching out as the recruiter or reaching out when the CEO reaches out or maybe the HR manager is like night and day, at least what I'm seeing on LinkedIn right now. I think people have spent a lot of time in the pandemic getting, you know, random messages, templated messages, automated messages that they're kind of over it, where when the CEO reaches out to you, you're already in a position where as a candidate, you feel like you already kind of have an in. You don't have to go through four qualifying stages before you're even talking to somebody at the company. I also think that it was a pretty tough time for a bit to even really entertain leaving a job and talking to a recruiter because you weren't guaranteed, you know, and, and, and the job market was kind of so crazy that, again, already having outreach from somebody within the company it makes you feel like you are 10 steps ahead of anybody else who might be applying for the job. So, and I, and again, I also think that it goes back to LinkedIn kind of reigning in some of the automation. It, people don't want the templated, you know, like, hi, how are you? I'd like to talk to you on Tuesday. This is the salary. It's, they, they want to be reached out to by the CEO, by the HR manager, um, whatever it may be. I'm seeing that that is definitely the route to take. So when you consider all of that, and, and I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm positioning this question to get a certain response. And I'm actually not, although I, I kind of know your thoughts on this. For, for people who come to LinkedIn from a place of last resort or, you know, my a friend of mine or a peer of mine said that they get great results on LinkedIn and I've never had any results on LinkedIn, but I need something to happen in two weeks that sort of philosophy, that kind of mindset coming into any kind of engagement, whether you're doing it on your own, you're working with somebody like us or someone not like us, but who does this sort of work. Do you, do you find that those people tend to be disappointed by the results more than 
elated by the types of results because mm -hmm. it's so short term? Definitely. I think um, anytime you're approaching your LinkedIn efforts with that floodgates are going to open, it happens overnight uh, mindset, It it's like an automatic disappointment. There is, first of all, when you're using LinkedIn for any type of outreach, you are at the liberty of how other people choose to use LinkedIn. So, you know, you can send, hey, I'd like to offer you a job tomorrow. But if that person's sitting on the beach, they're not going to see it. It It's, you have to give it time to work. You have to, and that's why when we build that network, it really helps because you can be reaching out to, you know, 20 people a week. And maybe it's in that fourth week of outreach that somebody responds that they want to, you know, talk about the job, whatever it may be. But now in, again, that six months, eight months, you have a whole network. So the time period will be shorter. You don't have to be looking for all of these people. I also think people who have that mindset, um, especially when they are asking for help, generally have no idea how long it actually takes. The full process from, you know, vetting a profile, letting you approve them, take a look at them, it, to outreach, to follow up, to inviting them to the company page. There are so many steps. It it just can't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. So really long-term approach long-term approach investment not spend right so you know you're investing in connecting with the right type of people letting them get to know you which you know ultimately any job comes down to not is it just the right fit in terms of skills but is it the right culture so letting people learn about a company get to know the company and vice versa is is can be really, really important. So that speaks to what kind of messaging do you think works? The messaging, again, that, that we're seeing work the best is the not templated, you know, taking that extra five minutes to making sure that they're personalized, always having their name in there, maybe even a extra level of person, personalization by typing the company name in, if that were to fit. Um, but I also think that the personal follow-up, so if somebody's like, hey, I'm not I'm not entertaining new opportunities right now, sending them like a thanks, I'm going to invite you to my company page. So if in the future you are, you'll be able to see what positions we have open. And again, that multi-step. So not everything has to be three, four, five messages on LinkedIn, but inviting them to the company page, liking their content, um, all of that keeps you top of mind. And and actually can take you further than just spamming people on LinkedIn messaging. Yeah. Um, share um, some stats that you have with a recent client. Um, somebody who, we're not going to name names, we're not going to name uh, industries other than to say pretty mature industry and pretty conservative industry, really pretty much have been under the radar. Although this person said, spent a few minutes on LinkedIn a couple of times a week, really just sort of cruising around. Some people call them lurkers, right? I don't tend to call them that, but that's how sort of self-identified. And in about five or six weeks working with you has gotten good feedback from others in his network who suddenly said what? Yeah, they have said, you know, your, your brand is I believe the words were popping off. <laughs> the brand is taking <laughs> off. Got a couple like, wow, looks like you guys are doing a lot of great stuff. 
And that was pretty much all just from beginning to post on content or content on the company page. Um, his content and page views are up significantly. We've, I think we sent out, you know, out of however many invitations to the company page we sent out, I think 75% followed the company page, which was awesome. Really um, good. And, and then just with the amount of people connecting and we are definitely network building um, pretty long-term network. You know, they're going to make a couple hires over the next two to three years. And right now he has about a 38% connection request, request accepted rate, which is pretty great. And I think that, you know, one of the pieces that work in the network building, especially when you're local, when you're only really building locally is just a quick, hey, I'd like to connect based on your background. You obviously are both in the same industry. You both have the same background. So that's simple. I think that that really only works locally um, when you're building locally, but he is seeing a lot of traction on LinkedIn just from that content piece and the building of the network. Um, and, and we're switching up the content. It's not the same type of posts every single week. It, it crosses over from graphics to relevant articles in his industry to, you know, you know, celebrations, team outings, pictures of behind the scenes as well. And I think that's a really important point because um, which the, and the point being burying the content, because one of the top reasons I think people don't want to share people's content is it's so direct on products and services, products and services. And people don't want to share that necessarily. And typically when I tell people that the statistic is for every one promotional post, there should be three non-promotional posts. People are like, wow, I got to really rethink my whole content strategy. But it does make a difference in what people see and and how they perceive someone, wouldn't you say? Oh, definitely. I mean, I was just planning out the content for this week and even my client said, oh, I'm seeing a lot of the, the non-technical posts. So the behind the scenes um, get way more traction. And we're only posting twice a week. It doesn't have to be this. That's what I think the content piece really throws people off is that it's like every day you're you're putting out an 1800 word essay. It, it does. It really does not have to, to be that. And what we want to kind of think about there is being consistent but letting some of these posts kind of brew and percolate. If we're just constantly putting posts up one after another, people aren't paying attention fast. You know, like they can't, uh, we're not letting them percolate, get some visibility. Definitely. So thinking about all of this, give everyone a truth tool and tip on today's topic, which is helping a CEO create presence on LinkedIn. So what's the truth? My truth, I'll say it every single day. It is a marathon, not a sprint. That is, again, tying back to our, it's not going to give you magic results. You you have to let it do its thing. Trust the process. Um, but you really have to be consistent, put in the work, and you'll see the results. But it, you have to give it time. Awesome. How about a tool? A tool. I don't know if I could be considered a good team member if I didn't mention Airtable, um, but I have two. I have Airtable and Canva. Airtable has 
really not only allowed us to stay organized, but with content allows you to plan out content really easy for people and CEOs who maybe aren't tech savvy or, you know, again, don't want to spend too much time actually in the process. It allows you to plan out a month of content, put in the graphic, let them see everything and you click post when you're done. And then Canva. I think that a lot of people who are doing content are scared to just make their own graphic. I really feel like I don't see a ton of content on LinkedIn where people are putting their own content into a graphic and like old blog posts that are still relevant, books, ebooks, whatever it may be into graphics. And I think that that is really one of the best alternatives to writing out a full post or an article. Great. Great. And so that, that was, now we just need a tip. So we did a truth, a tool and a tip. If you're the CEO, what's the tip? Or if you're supporting the CEO, what's the tip? (laughs) Mine is that the content does not need to be a profound article every day. A picture of your team outing, a graphics, announcing new hires, celebrating your work anniversary, sharing an article. They're all important. They'll all help your brand visibility. Liking, commenting, sharing other people's content. All of that is just as valuable. So there is a little bit of an investment of time, correct? Definitely. Definitely. I think my tip is just care. Just care enough to do a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll do a whole individual prof- uh, podcast just on just care. Care <laughs> that these are people, not just connections, right? That they're actually people on the other side. Terrific. Thanks, Liza. We will be back with another episode of Standout on LinkedIn, the indispensable truths, tools, and tips you need. We hope you take what we talk about here and apply it to your intention to stand out on LinkedIn. So thanks for listening. Liza, thanks for joining me today. Good insight. And thanks for keeping uh, all those CEOs moving forward on LinkedIn. Definitely appreciate it. (laughs) As always, a great conversation. I'm Colleen signing off until our next episode. Thanks for listening. Connect with us on LinkedIn, get to know us on LinkedIn, and on our website, interoadvisory.com. We have lots of valuable content, including Insight, our membership site, and more. We'd appreciate a shout out on your preferred channel, a review, or a comment on what you'd like us to discuss. You can listen in on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and other channels. Check out our tutorials on YouTube as well. Thanks very much for being a part of Stand Out on LinkedIn.